So last week we talked about what? Squad. That is true. That is very true. We talked about your friends, right? We talked about squad as it relates to friends. And we talked about three things that a great squad needs, three things that that you can do to make your squad great. Does anybody remember what the three things were? Loyalty was one of them. What's the what? Trust? No, that wasn't one of the ones we talked about last week. No. Love, loyalty, love. Those were two. What was the first one? Starts with an S. Huh? Secrecy? No, secrets don't make friends. <laughs> what was? Somebody was about to get it. It's not on the U. Sacrifice. Is it on the U version? Did I put the... Oh, look at her. She's taking notes and stuff. Yeah, sacrifice, loyalty, and love. Three things that if you will do those things for your friends, you will have an awesome squad, okay? If you will put their needs ahead of yours, you will be loyal to them even when they don't deserve it, and you will love them, then uh, your squad will be, if everybody does that, then the squad is, is awesome. Now, here's the thing. You get to choose your friends, right? Pretty much like you choose who you're friends with, who you hang out with, who you invest your time and energy to. Um, you know, you can unfollow them on Instagram unless you just want to keep stalking them. Like, but, you know, like, like you, can, you can take somebody out of your squad, right, if it comes down to it. You have the opportunity to choose that. But you don't have to choose or you don't get to choose your what? Your family. You don't get to choose your family, which is what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about families, right? And, uh, and, and they're part of our squad, too. Like, we're with them all the time. We see them. You know, we do stuff with them a lot. And so we're going to talk tonight about families, and we're going to start with some awkward family photos. If you saw the Instagram I posted this afternoon, you saw a really awkward family photo. Wes, go ahead and throw that first one up there. This is the one I put on Instagram today. It is special. The pipe is a nice touch on, on the dad. It looks like he's got a broken neck, but that might just be a turtleneck. I'm not sure. Yes, ma'am. You wouldn't. <laughs> I know Hope commented on the Instagram too. She's like, whose family is that? And like, I just found it online. There's a website, awkwardfamilyphotos.com, will make you laugh for hours. I kid you not, I blew like an hour yesterday looking for these photos and laughed so hard. I was like crying. And I picked a few of my favorites. Okay, so look, check out this next one. This one's pretty strong too. It's not that bad, except for teenage boy over here on the side, not one anything to do. And dad's shorts are good, too. Dad's 80s, like, basketball shorts. Your dad has a picture. Hey, I'm sure my parents, I'm sure there's pictures of my family. But, yeah, I love the teenage guy, like, over here with his emo hair, like, all by himself. It's fantastic. Give us an excellent Wes. Everybody see it? Does everybody see it? Right? We all see falling kid over here in the corner, right? Like, the, <laughs> the kid who, who slipped out of mom's hand or something and... And everybody else is still smiling. Yeah, mom didn't even notice that kid's just gone. But everybody's smiling. Go to the next one, Wes. Oh, yeah, I had to put these together because the pants. Wow. Wow, the pants. Yeah, matching outfits are always rough. Um, and, yeah, this one, not even looking at the camera. They're doing their stuff in the distance thing. I didn't even notice that. That's a good point. But, yeah, the checker flag, that one's in, like, the Indy 500 parade or something. I don't know, but which kind of makes it better, but it still doesn't really. I don't know. And yeah, the pants are too much. Those are like those pants Westwood at church the other day. Um, 
If you saw Wes's Dubois pants from a couple Sundays ago, you know what I'm talking about. All right, Wes, give us the next one. This one, yeah. See, Grandpa's the weird one here. Everything looks pretty normal. Look on the left. Grandpa holding a gun. Like, sorry. Grandpa's over here packing heat. And not just like in a holster, but like out, like ready to like ready to go with it. And so, yeah, the number one dad hat's pretty 80s, but yeah, Grandpa and the gun is. It's only one more, Wes. Okay, so this one, y'all. I don't even. I don't even know. Just go for it, Wes. This one's special. Yeah, matching pajamas on Christmas are bad enough, but shirtless dad is a problem, right? Shirtless dad is a problem. If there's one thing, if there's one rule for family pictures, everybody has to be fully dressed, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's like the main rule, I think, to family pictures, is make sure everybody is dressed. So here's the thing. We all have families. We're all stuck with them, right? Like, sometimes you might think, dude, I'd trade you in a second, all right? Like, I'll trade you families. You might wish for adoption, but... Uh, um, some of y'all won't realize till you're in college or you're out of the house and you're away from your family how good you had it. Like, you'll be like, oh, man, my family was pretty awesome, and you're going to miss it. But, but uh, families come in all shapes and sizes, right? We got big families. We got small families. Even in our church, we got, you know, you got the, uh, the Maxwells who are getting, getting ready to have number five. We got families with a bunch of kids like that. And then we got single kid families. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah you've got a big family. We've got big and small families. We've got blended families. We've got single-parent families. We've got traditional families. We've got uh, step-parents and adoptive parents. There's sisters, brothers, some of your only kids. Um, actually, do we have any only children in here? We got cousins, yeah, okay. We have all kinds. Some of you might have been raised by your grandparents. We've got all kinds of families in the world, right? Um, and so in thinking about families, I got to thinking about dads, and I saw this video, and so I want to just, just check this out. I walked into the kitchen yesterday, and I said to my dad, hey, I'm hungry. And my dad said, hi, hungry, I'm dad. right at me and said, oh no, I have just peed on the table. Dad asked me, have you heard about the new movie, Constipation? I was all like, what? No. And he said, it never came out. My dad and I were going past the aquarium and he said to me, how many tickles does it take to make an op octopus laugh? And, and he said, ten tickles. Like, what? Oh, tentacles. Hey dad, can you make me a sandwich? And what did dad say? Abracadabra, you are a sandwich. I guess I am a sandwich. 
She said, Dad, will you make me a sandwich? And he said, Abracadabra, you're a sandwich. Like, like turn me into a sandwich. There we go. Okay. Yeah, any of those dads make bad jokes like that? Yeah. Hi, hungry. I'm, yeah, hi, dad. Yeah. I got that one. We got that one a lot. So here's the thing, though. No matter what kind of family you come from, no matter what your family background is, your family's a part of the squad, and they help shape who we are. And so tonight we're going to talk about the truth about family, but about families. Everybody say the truth. Let's try that again. Everybody say the truth about families. Here we go. Truth number one about families is that no, fa- you know, okay, you can stop. You can start repeating now. <laughs> no family is perfect, okay? There is no such thing as a perfect family. My family was pretty great, definitely not perfect. And your family, no matter how awesome it may be, definitely not perfect. You know, sometimes we look at other people's families and we think, man, you know, I want to be a part of their family. But you don't see what happens behind closed doors, right? You Maybe if you're really close to a friend, you might see their family as it really is. But for the most part, we don't get to see the, uh, you know, the, the, the trouble, right? We, always, we all put on a pretty f- a happy face for everybody. So, so no matter what family you might want to be a part of, it's not perfect either, right? Every family is broken. I really think even Jesus' family was probably a little messed up. I think Jesus' family was a little messed up, and I've got one more video here to show you what I'm talking about. You know, when Rich was talking about the book of Jude yesterday, that Jesus had brothers. You, I mean, you got to be somebody special to make your brothers think you are the son of God. <laughs> I know Jude, James, they was mad at Jesus sometimes. Just, Mama, I don't want to go out with Jesus no more. He keeps showing off. Every time we go swimming, he just be walking on top of the pool. James didn't study for a test. He faking it. Mary's like, get up, James. You got to go to school. (coughs) Mama, I don't feel good. Jesus walked past. You're healed. So I bet that even Jesus' family was a little messed up, right? Because Jesus is the only perfect one in the family. And so there's a couple of kinds of really classic family weirdness and like brokenness in families, okay? I want you to raise your hand if you know which kid in your family is the favorite. Or you think you know which kid is the favorite. Okay, some of y'all got it. Okay, put your hands down. I'm not asking who because I don't want to start nothing. Some of y'all, the other one's in here, and so I don't want to start no mess. But, uh, but, but yeah, right, the, the, the favorite kid thing. This is in the Bible. If you've heard of the story of Joseph and the coat of many colors, that whole thing started because Joseph was Jacob's favorite, and Jacob gave Joseph this fancy coat, okay, and didn't give none of the other brothers the fancy coat. He only gave Joseph one. So... So favorite kids was a problem even back in early Genesis. Here's another one, sibling rivalry. Any of y'all ever, ever, ever have a rivalry with your sibling, try and do better, try and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, again, Bible, going back to Genesis, the early, early part of Genesis, Cain and Abel, the first set of brothers ever, one got jealous and killed the other one, right? Yeah, Cain and Abel, that's what happens, Genesis 
five or four, somewhere around there. Yeah, one of them gets jealous of the other one and kills him, okay? Think Cain killed Abel, right? And all families are broken. Just some of us cover it up better than others, right? Some of us are better at hiding it than other people are, but everybody is messed up. Here's the second truth about families is that every family has dysfunction. Dysfunction means something does not function the way it's supposed to, right? And so, uh, you know, because broken people make up broken families. Like, we're all broken. All of sin falls short of the glory of God. We know that. So, do what? I spelled family wrong. Family. Family. Every family. Every family. Oh, it's right on my notes. Okay, yeah. Every family... Every family has dysfunction. The good families are the ones that put the fun in dysfunctional, right? Like, we put the fun in dysfunction. Woo! So here's the deal. I got some uh, TV families I'm going to show you. I want somebody to raise your hand and tell me how they, this family is dysfunctional. Give us the first one. Woo, who are they? How are they dysfunctional? The Simpsons, how are they dysfunctional? Alcoholic, the dad's an alcoholic. True. Dad's an alcoholic. How else? Yeah. A mom has problems. Well, they all got problems, but mental problems, okay. Mom has big hair. I don't know that that's really the dysfunction, but she does have big, awesome hair. Right? Bart's kind of a turd, you know. The baby's way too smart. Lisa's a show-off because she's really smart. Yeah, she's always making everybody look bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's kind of, he's always disobedient. He's real, he, he's pretty bad, Barty. So, okay, let's, let's go to the next family. Let's talk about who they are. What's family guy, the Griffins, how are they dysfunctional? The baby and the dog can talk. That's weird. I saw another hand. Baby has a football head. Hang on, her hand was up. Hang on, her hand was up first. Yeah, the baby's kind of evil, like just in general. Yeah, they treat Meg like junk. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. What? Meg is just Meg. Shut up, Meg. Yeah. Again, alcoholic dad. Yeah, noticing a pattern here. Chris is a, yeah. Chris is a loser. Yeah, weird family, right? The dog walks on, yeah, like a human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, we got one more. This one may be harder to find the dysfunction. This one may be harder. Give it to us, Wes. There's no mom, right? There's no mom, especially at the beginning. I mean, eventually Becky shows up, and she's like an aunt slash kind of mother figure. But, yeah, there's no mom for most of the kids. Do what? Three dads and no mom. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kimmy Gibbler's jacked up. I don't know why Kimmy's in this picture. I'm trying to figure that out. And, yeah, Steve. Steve's in there, too. DJ's the favorite. Yeah, DJ's. I want to know which Olsen twin is in the picture. Where's the other Olsen? I want to know which one got, got the shaft and didn't make it in the picture. These are the things I think about. If y'all don't know, Michelle, the little one, she's played by twins. And so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I, yeah, I think that's weird. So, yeah, you got Uncle Jesse, who's not, like, the greatest role model, right? Like, he's teaching them how to cut class and junk like that. And, and yeah. Uncle Joey is... 
You know, you got Uncle Joey, who's just kind of weird and kind of creepy when you look back on it. Like, if you watch that show now, Uncle Joey's kind of weird. He's got the, yeah. Overprotective, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dad's a neat freak, yeah. So here's the thing. Okay, come back, come back. Dysfunctional families make for really entertaining TV, right? Because if you look at almost every family on TV, they're all jacked up. Um, but super dysfunctional families don't make a great place to actually grow up in. Like you would not want to grow up maybe here, maybe in Full House. You might want to grow up in Full House. But you wouldn't want to grow up for sure with The Simpsons or The Griffins or any one of a million other TV shows where it's just a messed up, messed up situation. Okay, so here's the third truth about families is that parents are broken people too. Now, if you're like me, I look up to my dad. Like my dad is awesome. I hope to one day be as good a dad as my dad is. Okay, my mom's awesome too. My grandparents are great. Like I have a great family. But even they are not perfect. You know, even they have their issues sometimes. Hang on, let me, let me get through here. Right? There's no such thing as a perfect parent. And therefore, we have to remember that sometimes. That, you know, as hard as they try and we want to, well, I want you to respect your parents, you know, but we can't hold them to this perfection standard either. Like, we got to get that sometimes they screw up. Because we don't get to control what family we're in, but we do get to control how we respond. Okay? I've talked about that before. You don't get to control your circumstances, but you get to res control your response to the circumstances. Same thing with our family. They are our squad, and we are called to love them like Jesus. You know, we are called to show them how Jesus is working on our lives. We're called to obey our parents. We're called to participate in the family and help the family be awesome, right? That's part of our, our gig here is to do that. So you have a role, and this is the good news, is that you have a role in creating peace in your family, Everybody has an opportunity to help bring the good into the mess of, of our family, right? We got this cocktail of all kinds of different flavors and stuff, and part of what we can do is bring the good in there. So we're going to talk about four things, how to create peace in our family, how we can create peace in our family, okay? The first thing is this, listening creates peace. Listening, and that's hard. Right? We naturally want to get our point across, right? We naturally want our voice to be heard. And uh, you ever see two people arguing and neither of them is listening to the other because neither of them will stop talking, right? We've seen that. Maybe in your family you've seen that. I don't know. But, right, you got two people and they neither one of them will shut up, so neither of them's heard the other one the whole time. They're arguing for 10 minutes. Neither of them's heard what the other one said because they won't, they won't stop yelling. Yeah. You know, the Bible says in James 1.19, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Quick to listen and slow to speak. That goes against our natural instinct. Our natural instinct is to talk first and listen maybe. Not even necessarily later. We might not listen at all. We might just talk. But, you know, we have, uh, and this, this is James, this is Jesus' brother, by the way. That's James, like the guy was talking about. And so, you know, he probably had a has has an idea about family dynamics because he's Jesus' brother. So uh, he says we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Listening creates peace. Here's the second thing. Generosity creates peace. Generosity means giving. Okay, we talked last week about sacrifice. Kind of a similar thing, right? When we put other people first and we give 
to into their wants and we give into their desires it can create peace proverbs 15:27 says greed brings grief to the whole family but those who hate bribes will live right greed if you're greedy in your family it makes life miserable for everybody life's miserable for everybody so we put other people first it brings peace here's the third way very quickly the third way to create peace is trust creates peace i need two people to do it, okay, one and two, come on up. Okay, here, turn, here, stay here, face, face, to the, face that way. No, you, no, you got to face her. Okay, this is called a trust fall. Oh, no. <laughs> she didn't know what she was getting into. Do you trust her? Yes. You think she's going to catch you? She don't know. We're going to do it anyways. Can you catch her? Okay. Okay, yeah, cross your feet. That works. So you're going to fall backwards, and she's going to catch you, okay? Yeah, right now. Ready to go. You can do it. Oh, she put her feet back. She didn't trust. You want to try again? You get one more shot. Just fall backwards. I know. She's going to catch you. She got you. Go. Yeah, there it was. Give it up for him, everybody. Good job. So have you all seen the video? Where they're doing a trust fall, and the girl falls forward, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Pastor Todd posted one like that the other day about fall back, too, on the church Facebook page or something like that. But, yeah, I was, I was hoping that Hope would be here so I could use her for that because uh, the other night at the, <laughs> the Rock the Pumpkin, I was working the maze. And if you saw our maze, it was pretty epic. Um, it was a pretty bad, pretty awesome maze. And so here's what happened. Hope comes in, and I'm standing at the door to the fellowship hall, and she comes in, and she's like, is the maze scary? I said, no, it's just like lights, and, you know, I mean, it's a maze. It's dark, and there's some, there's flashing lights and some, some smoke. Um, but I was like, no, it's not going to be scary. She's like, is somebody going to jump out at me? I said, no, there's nobody in there to jump out at you. Like, like no, nobody's going to jump out at you. Um, and so she goes through the maze, and Tanner, if y'all know Tanner, the intern, Tanner was perched up above the maze running the lights, like he was controlling the lights and stuff. And so, but he was right at the edge of it, and this was early in the night, so I didn't know he was going to be doing this. But he would like, and he was in like a Thor costume, and he's got a pretty good beard, and so he was like leaning down and growling at people and being like, hey, and like freaking him out. Well, she was the first person he did it to, and so I promised her nobody was going to jump out and scare her, and Tanner gave the poor child a heart attack, and she, you know, screamed, and then so she finishes the maze, and she comes out. She's like, I'm never trusting you again, Tony. You said no one was going to jump out at me, and he did. I'm like, I didn't know. I swear I didn't know. I did not <laughs> I did not know he was going to jump out. I didn't know we were going to get stuck in the spider room, Montana. I'll tell that story real quick, too. We were in uh, Orlando in the Harry Potter ride two years ago. And, 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 and uh, so Montana was, you were what, eighth grade? Because you're in 10th grade now, right? You were about to go into eighth grade. And so she's like, is the Harry Potter ride scary? And I said, no, I've been on it before, and I was thinking from like an adult male perspective, you know, um, and I had never seen the movies, but I was like, no, I've ridden this ride, it's fine. So, so we get her on there. Who were you sitting next to, Montana? And Audrey, you were in, all four of y'all were in one? There's only three can fit in there, I think. Okay, so there's four of them in there. 
And we get to this room where there's these big spiders, right? And, and they're, you know, they're, they're like 10 feet away. They're not that close, but they feel like they're very close. And they feel, they feel like they're very close, which wouldn't have been so bad if the ride hadn't gotten stuck while Montana was in that section. She was. She's like cutting circulation off of Audrey's arm and, you know. I was in the car next to her trying not to laugh really hard. And <laughs> but I say all that to say, <laughs> we were talking about that the other day at First Priority. He's talking about fear, and she's texting me, the Harry Potter spiders. Like, she, two years later, she's still mad at me about that. But uh, trust creates peace. When we trust people, it creates peace. You guys hear me talk about Christina all the time, and we were in, when we were in high school, Christina's like little, okay? She's like five nothing and like 80 pounds. I mean, she's tiny, okay? And so what? She is crazy. Christina's crazy. But, uh, oh, yeah, y'all saw, I forgot y'all met at that time. So, so Christina, so we'd be walking through the halls, and she'd be like, we, our group would be together. You know, we'd have a group of us walking through the halls. And sometimes she would just stop and, and trust fall on me. She would just, like, stop and expect me to catch her, okay? And she's tiny, so it wasn't that hard. I mean, I was 215, and she's, like, 70 pounds maybe. But I would always, every time, she'd do it, and she trusted me. And so I, I, instead of putting my hands here to catch her, I'd put them, like, here. And that extra six inches is a lot when you're falling like that, right? And so I let her fall just a little further than she was expecting to and freak her out. I caught her every time. I never dropped her. But, but I always let her go just a little further than, than I might have been necessary. Um, but she trusted me anyways because she knew eventually I was going to catch her. She knew I wasn't going to let her just fall on the ground. Um, as funny as that would have been. Uh, Proverbs eleven twenty nine says, those who bring trouble on their families inherit the wind. The fool will be a servant to the wise. So when you bring trouble on your family, they can't trust you, right? And that, then there's no peace. So here's the last one. Boy, that one took longer than I planned on. Um, I didn't have most of those stories in my notes. The only one I had was the Christina one. But uh, the, <laughs> the last thing that creates peace is kindness and forgiveness create peace. Okay, this is a good verse for y'all to memorize. This verse right here, it says, Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. So God forgave us, and he was kind to us. Therefore, we should do the same to one another, right? We should be like Jesus, and we should forgive those who are around us and be kind. And, you know, like we said, everybody's jacked up, everybody's broken, there's no perfect human being, and there's no perfect family member. And so when we are kind and we forgive anyway, we create peace in our family. We create peace in our family. So here's the, the kind of ending point is, is, is this. And I want you to think about this. I want you to try and put this into action this week. And that is, what is one thing I can do to bring peace to my family this week? So somebody give me, give me an idea, like a specific thing you could do this week yes don't fight with siblings yeah when that time comes you just like resist it yes let them be right even if they're totally wrong that's a really good one especially when it's something that doesn't really matter 
right? If they're like, no, I want to play in the street, you can be like, no, listen, you're wrong. But, you know, if they're arguing over what TV show, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, if it's not that big a deal and it doesn't have any long-term implications, yeah, let them be right, even if they're not. There you go. You know the things that your mom asks you to do every day anyways, right? We all probably have those things. If you do it before she asks, you'll be amazed at the, at the good mood she'll be in. So, um, and how that will create peace. Yeah, those are some great ways to create peace in your family. So tonight we're going to end a little differently. We're going to end with prayer like we always do. But I would like for one or two or, or maybe even three of you guys to come up and pray for the families that are represented here, okay? Because you guys see the family from the teenager perspective. It's been a while since I was a teenager living at home, right? I'm 29, moved out when I was 18. So it's been 11, 11 years since I lived at home with my, with my parents, really. I spent a couple months over one summer. Um, but so I, I would like for one or two of you guys to come up and, and say a prayer over all the families that are here. Somebody willing to do, do that? Somebody brave enough to, to come up and pray for the families? Okay. Ronnie, Will, let me get one more. Ashton, okay. Y'all come up. Come on. Yes, you got to use the microphone. You'll be loud. What if I just put the mic on a stand? You don't have to hold it. You can just kind of talk at it. You, you, you hold it? Okay. She's going to. Okay. So here we go. <laughs> Dear Lord, thank you for this day, and thank you for bringing us all together. I just pray for all the families here, no matter how dysfunctional or how imperfect each family is, I just pray that you give them peace throughout any of their arguments, and just give them love through it all, Lord. It's in your name we pray, amen. God, I just pray that throughout this week that we remember these things that Tony has taught us, God, and I just pray that we would become closer to our families and be able to understand each other. And I ask that you would just show us ways that we can do kind things for our family that are going to bring us together. And Lord, I just pray for the rest of our week and that you would just help us and be with us in your name. Amen.